Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. The hiatus is over. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. Fellas, finally, summer has come to an end. Sadly, ready to roll. I see, sadly uh, it, was, uh, it was a great summer, though. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. You it looks like uh, you had a good summer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a Swifty? I'm officially a Swifty. Officially. Yeah. You're not just officially a, a father Swifty. of Swifties. Uh, my daughters desperately. I said to my daughters, do you want to? Uh, this is a true story. I said to my daughters, okay, we can either go for vacation for a week to Orlando, like Universal Studios and some of the other theme parks there. We can literally do a week in Orlando or a Taylor Swift concert. And they both unanimously, immediately, Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, that was minus 20,000. Right, exactly. So uh, I pulled what I think is my greatest dad flex of all time. I was able to get us tickets. Um, I knew someone who knew someone. Whoa. And uh, (laughs) we were able to get tickets. Yes, and so here's me at the uh, Taylor Swift concert. It's me. Hi, I'm the dad. It's me. Is that a custom, or do they sell that for all the dads? No, no, no. I mean, okay. it's. Uh, I was. I was. I was able to get it. It's. Uh, it's obviously anti-hero. It's a. It's a play on the the song anti-hero. Okay. Um, which you're, is you're which singing is here. Pretty, I am. You're really into right. It. Yeah. You know, can you read? Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. You know. <laughs> and so at tea time, everyone agrees, right? <laughs> and, and so, um, uh, I have to tell you something. Absolutely loved it. Officially a Swifty after. And like, it was amazing. So my wife and I, we took, oh, I took my, my twin 11-year-old daughters. And uh, what I did is I sort of did a crash course for the week. You know, it's like, <laughs> like Apple Music had like an era's list playlist. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to listen to this for the next week. So I did a crash course. My wife did not do that at all. She's like, I just want to be surprised. I'm like, do you know any Taylor Swift songs? She's like, no. I'm like, okay. But anyway, but what happened was we both had such an amazing time. First off, I ended up knowing a lot more songs than I thought I did. But even my wife, who didn't know a lot of the songs, she's like, everything is so theatrical. Every song's a production. Unbelievable costume changes, the whole thing. My daughters had... The, I don't think I've ever seen my daughters happier. You know what I mean? Like, from, from, the, from the bracelets to the, to the merch, to the show, to the pre-show, to the... App, like, the whole thing was just like a magical, magical thing. Highly, highly recommended uh, seeing Taylor Swift on, on tour, if you get the opportunity to... Uh, yes, I'm officially a Swifty. She's great. She's great. Unbelievable. While he was, speech. She's yeah, great. really. What better sales pitch than that for Taylor Swift? <laughs> we have to get into a happy belated birthday to Jay oh. Croucher as well. Uh, just yesterday, 
Would you like? Blood. Would you like me to take you to a Taylor Swift concert? For my I birthday? Would, for your birthday? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I will. Oh, look, there we go. Jay, we wow. got you something. Yeah, happy <laughs> 22 birthday, Jay. Years 22, old. 22, Jay. Wow, look at that. Yeah. What a prodigy you are. Missed, but to think all this betting analysis <laughs> came as a 21-year-old from last season. Yeah. Well, you know, you can drink. You Unbelievable. Can, you've, you've been able to drink legally for a year. Oh, um, <laughs> you can cut into this at some point if you But do we not Do we not have a lighter? No, we are not We are not supposed to light candles in the studio, I was told. Oh, really? I was told two things before the show. rules? One, one, we have a surprise cake for Jay, and two, do not light the candles. Those are the two things I was told before the show. My instinct was immediately to try to burn everything to the ground. Yes. Um, Do we sing happy birthday to Jay? We can sing happy birthday to Jay. I'll do that. Yes. Want to do that? Everybody involved. Because the last time you and I did a musical performance. (laughs) It was a hit. It was was awesome. Smash hit. We were were off key. It was in the top 100. Right. We we couldn't clap on Is this our uh, redemption? It might be. Yes. All right. All right. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Jay. Happy birthday to you. you. Thank you, gentlemen. That Happy was much birthday, more Jay. in K than my two-year-old's rendition last I night. I bet. Yes. You want to know what I did for my birthday? What did you do for your birthday? Speaking of concerts, so for my birthday yesterday, my wife went to Beyonce, and I stayed <laughs> home with the kids. Wow. So, so my wow. birthday gift was basically like... Um, Babysitting. Po- well, political capital to be used later. It's like one of those baseball trades. Prospect Favorite to be card. named later. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Player to be named later. Exactly. An all-time. That was, uh, that was With idea. the wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So she had a great time. Rarely saw marriage. I heard Beyonce is also a great show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Right on, uh, right and, on top. And, what did, do, and did your two-year-olds like, get you anything? Did they cater to your needs? Did they they like, oh, Daddy, let's let's watch like the New York Liberty or whatever? Like, <laughs> what, yeah. The Mets playoff long yeah, shot? Yeah. My, my five-year-old actually got me, which I presume was with the aid of her mother, a, uh, a book about 60 years of photography in the NFL. It's actually quite nice. good. Good. There we go. So I'm looking through photos of the NFL, 60-year history. It was great. Right, there you go. Yeah. It's not something you get in Australia. <laughs> no, so there you go. It's, it's it's learn a very American gift. Exactly. Yes. And they, they wrote me a lovely card, and my uh, five-year-old, she drew a picture of a, a timer and put it in the card, which is kind of what I guess five-year-olds do. They just kind of pick out what's nearby and draw it. So it was beautiful. It was a nice day. Right. Is yeah. it time because you're old. getting old, you're getting closer to death? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I'll, be 20, I'll, be 20, I'll be 23 next yeah, year. Apparently. Yes, Jordan yeah. is just a year away, according <laughs> yeah. to that. What a ride. Yeah. All right, fellas. All right, All right. Well, speaking of what a ride. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is on currently quite the ride. Quite the ride. In the news, on Twitter, a lot of back and forth. It's as simple as this. Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade after meeting with owner Jim Ursay, and now, fellas, here's the latest of where we are in this saga. Reports of him saying he had an achy back and the Colts might put him on the non-football injury list. Yeah, they're claiming the report was that the, the, uh, the achy back was due to non-football-related activities. Outside the activities facility. Outside, right, yes. exactly. Which means Which they means don't have to they pay don't, you. That's right. That's the key. Yes. So do not get hurt uh, outside of here, Matthew Barry. Right. Yes. <laughs> that's why I don't do physical you. activity. That dancing <laughs> you saw me doing with Taylor Swift. As far as that's it goes. The, that's, the, that's as far as it went. But meanwhile, then, Jonathan Taylor himself on his, uh, his official uh, X account. I was going to say Twitter oh, account, boy, but yes. now it's X. i got to get used to saying Somehow. that. Um, but uh, Jonathan tweets this out. One, never had a back pain. Two, never reported back pain. Not sure who, quote, sources, unquote, are, but find new ones with a puzzled emoji. Lots to unpack here with Jonathan Taylor. Not only, obviously, um, a mega piece of the fantasy world we live in, a mega piece of the Colts offense that we presumably think will start a rookie quarterback. And a friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, obviously. 
This had is him just on the show last year. This feels yeah. like the peak of the running back issue this offseason, yes. which has been led by Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. So we'll get into all of those here. But this one, Barry, has significant ramifications right now. Well, it certainly does for a variety of reasons. Obviously, to your point, Jonathan Taylor is one of the top running backs going off the board. I mean, prior to this news, I had him as running back six. And I was probably lower on him than most um, in the fantasy football industry. He is, he is a consensus top five, top seven running back throughout the fantasy football industry. And this is an offense when, you know, we all expect Anthony Richardson to be the starting quarterback of the Colts this year which means they're going to be run heavy. I mean, they already were run heavy, but they're going to be even more run heavy, I think, with Richardson under center than if Gardner Minshew were the starter. And so to take away Jonathan Taylor, who you could argue is the most dynamic piece of their offense. Like, I mean, again, we haven't seen Richardson play in the NFL yet. Michael Pittman's a nice player, but... If, you know, if he's not the most dynamic piece, it's not a, it's, you don't have to go far down the list until you get to him. And now all of a sudden, he's not going to be there. It, it's a weird one. It's a really weird one. Right? And, and if he doesn't play, if they, if they trade him, if, they, if, if he holds out, whatever, like, it's a massive blow to the, to the Colts offense, to anyone that's done an early draft that's drafted Jonathan Taylor. Like, yes, yeah, massive story. Well, I think, first of all, I think I speak for all of us. If I don't, I don't care because I'm speaking for all of us. I think we're all Team Jonathan Taylor here. Correct. And there's a tweet from Joe Dolan, which I think kind of encapsulates the situation uh, on screen here, at FG underscore Dolan. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, trade me. Colts, no. You're worth more than we'll get. JT, pay me what I'm worth. Colts, no. <laughs> which is basically the essence of the situation. And then, and then unnamed sources... Jonathan Taylor might have a, a back injury that yeah. he suffered not doing football stuff. Maybe he was cliff diving or yeah. something, and now we don't have to pay him. We might put him on the NFI list. And Jonathan Taylor's like, uh, that's a flat-out lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's where we're at, right? Beyond that, and I think, I think Dolan's uh, tweet there, I think, you know, Joe's great, does a great job. Uh, Joe's tweet is, is dead on, but then it goes beyond that, whereas just now it's like, okay, now we're trying to undermine your – now we're trying to mess with your paycheck – you know, Jonathan's trying to get more money, and, and the Colts are saying, we're not going to give you more money. Now we're going to also take away what we actually do owe you. Yep, which is a mess across the board, and it would just push everything to next year if exactly. they were actually able to do that. He wouldn't accrue the year of service time. That's the important piece here, right, is that he gets fined, I believe, he can be fined up to $40,000 a day that he misses practice. And if he doesn't report... He doesn't accrue the year of service, and he can't be a, a true free agent next year. And, you know, maybe the, the market improves. So my guess is, is that ultimately Jonathan Taylor shows up to get paid and to accrue the year of service. The question is whether Jonathan Taylor goes out to practice one day, you know, takes a handoff and just like, ah, you know, <laughs> ah, I'm feeling a twinge here, guys. Yep. I need to get in the tub. I don't know. <laughs> Just it's not feeling great. My ankle's a little sore. Yeah, you know, and just and he gets paid, and he's just I don't know. Like, I, I think all would these you guys, do that? Because I kind of would. Yeah. The way he's been treated, I sort of feel like that. I think all these guys should look at what James Harden did in Houston and Brooklyn to get out of those situations where he's basically like, not playing defense, not playing yeah. hard. I will show up. I will show up, and I will put up some stats, and uh, you will not be able to claim that I'm not doing my job. But I'm not really doing my job. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be on the cards. I think Taylor. 
just the, the way he plays. It's harder to do that in the NFL. But at the same time, I don't really know how this ends. Right, and that's the other challenge, right? Is that like he can't because the NBA is set up differently than the NFL. You can't do that. Yeah. Because if if pretend he does that, pretend he basically like he's just like you know I just I'm not feeling it. Like I got this tweak in my hammy, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like you know be injured, you know, wink and a nod, and we all know the real deal. But the fact of the matter is, is that he wants he wants a big payday. And coming off of a year where he's been banged up, he's, he's suffered with injuries throughout his, uh, th- you, know, uh, you know, in his brief NFL career. He's had some significant injuries. And so um, going out to a, the free agency market in a year in which he doesn't play or whatever, doesn't, if he doesn't have a big year this year, and then, you know, coming off last year, which I believe was his worst statistical year of his career, like, that, you know, it's hard to find an NFL team that's like, yeah, let me pay m- big money to that guy. So he's, he's in a tough spot. Like, we are Team Jonathan Taylor, but I also feel like he doesn't have any leverage here. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that just, they'll just franchise tag him That's and just thing. go through that over and over again. That's so it's going to be years before he could actually really get out on his terms. So I think he's just going to be there. And the other thing, too, is that who is going to trade for him and pay him a market-setting deal after we've seen what has happened with Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, with Tony Pollard accepting you know, his situation, with Josh Jacobs. Like, I just thought, particularly because he came off a, a tough year for him. He wasn't the same guy that he was in 2021, I think, just because of the injuries and because of his offensive line as well. So it's just a mess all around. This time of year doesn't make it any better, too. Teams just spent the money. There's yeah. not extra money out there for a running back that wants to reset the market. But to really cap all this off, it feels like the Colts, specifically Jim Ursay, they're not making things better right now with Ursay's bizarre quotes out there uh, that have seemed to have fractioned the relationship with this team. It, there's, this is a real tug of war, and I don't see a solution right now besides Taylor having to show up, but will he be the Jonathan Taylor I just, of old? I just want to, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're if talking I, about bizarre quotes, he, he's just like, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor is like, hey, I'd like more money. And Jim Irsay, like, it doesn't matter if either yeah. of us die. Here's yeah. the exact and you're quote. Like, right. And you're like, wait, what? If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes, and it's a privilege to be a part of it. I actually that, said the that same is, thing. That is Colts owner Jim Irsay, by the way. That's a quote from him. Yeah. I actually said the same thing about if me and Connor Rogers die tonight, will Peacock miss the show, us? The show yeah, goes on. We'll Show goes on. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it that's, that's true. Yeah. Just you know, <laughs> yeah. just in case you were wondering whether that's I, I no. AI versions of us. Yeah. Not even. <laughs> Not even. We'll find another yeah, Australian. Let's get we're good. Hundred percent. Say what Hugh Jackman's done. Yeah, exactly. Is he available? With, I mean, you know, listen, actor. Hey, Hugh, actors are on strike. Why yeah. don't you come? Uh, you know. Sags on strike. You need a gig. Yeah, and we I have an totally opening for an Australian. I, we don't need my death to, for me to be replaced by Hugh Jackman. That's fun. <laughs> That's true. You know what? You could live, and we could still replace you yeah. with Hugh Jackman. I like how this is all playing out. This is starting to play out. It's tough for me. I have to be honest with you. So a few things. First off, on some level, I love Jim Irsay because Jim Irsay is the reason. He's the one that that sort of flicked the first domino to get Dan Snyder out of the NFL. He was the first NFL owner to come out and say, like, we need to look at this because this guy is ruining the league and, like, hurting our reputation and we should really consider it. Like, he was the first guy to go publicly on the record. So he'll always have a place in my heart for that because I do believe Dan Snyder would not be out of the league if it wasn't for at least that. None none of the other – everyone else was no commenting it. You know, and Ursay was the one that was saying what everyone else was saying, which was, like, the guy should not own an NFL franchise. Um but, yeah, this one, I mean, you think about last year, the Colts. 
what a disaster they were, firing Frank Reich in the middle of the season. Jeff Saturday, hey, I saw you on TV yesterday. You want to come coach my team, even though you've never coached at any level at any – I mean, like they were just an unmitigated disaster last year, and now there's some optimism, new head coach, everyone's excited about it. Um, they draft Anthony Richardson. I think he's going to be an absolute fantasy monster. And now this. I don't know. We've spent too long on this, so I'll just, I'll just wrap it up by saying this. You're in a draft today. Are you drafting Jonathan Taylor? I don't think so. I'm not dealing with the headache. Yeah. No way. Yeah. There's other options. There's obviously a point at any, in any draft where he would become value, but I, yeah. mean, I think that's pretty far I think down. There's the a chance, I think there's a chance that he gets to the second round. You know, if you did a draft today, I think there's yeah. a decent chance he's in you know, mid to late second round. And at that point, I think it's worth, especially if you back him up later you know, with, with you know, whatever, Zach Moss or whoever. Like, I, just, I, think, I think he doesn't ha- – I, I think it's unfortunate. Again, we're Team JT. But I don't think he has any leverage, and I think he's ultimately going to calm down and um, and be like, you know what, I have to sort of grit my teeth and bear it because this is – otherwise it's going to cost me too much money. My best bet would be that he is on the field week one for the Colts. If I had to bet, yes, no, I would think that he is just because all the kind of – I guess, yeah, the leverage indicators would suggest that that's just the way this is going to play out, and through gritted teeth he does that, but, but who knows. Well, a running back that definitely felt that way, Saquon Barkley with the Giants. Barkley was expected to miss all of training camp before not signing his franchise tender. Everybody expected he'd be back for week one. The Giants, fortunately, find some common ground here with Barkley, a guy that didn't have a lot of leverage. Unfortunately, they come to agreement on a one-year, $11 million contract, which is basically they added a million of incentives based on the Giants' playoff uh, chase for him to get. That's the difference between the tag number he passed up. So nothing crazy here, and Barkley now back in camp ready to roll. And I love this. I, I love this for both sides. I love this for the Giants side. Great. They got a franchise player in. They got the deal done. He's happy. Um, but also you think about this from Barkley's side, right? Barkley is still very motivated to have a monster season. And I am, and I say this as a Commanders fan, and it drives me crazy, but Brian Dayball is the real deal. I mean, last year he got there and he's just like, all right, let me try to figure this out. I don't have much to work with here. And obviously the Giants, you know, exceeded expectations, right? I mean, they... Dayball was coach of the year, right? I mean, you know, they were Vegas had him at seven wins. They got to nine. They won a playoff game. Now Dayball's had a full offseason, right? You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's now in the mix. I think Barkley, a healthy, motivated, very motivated Barkley in Dayball's system. Uh, the Giants offense, I think, will be better than it was last year. They've added some more pieces. I think he has a monster year. I'm at running back four. I might be too low on him. I think he has a huge year. Remember, this is a guy who last year had a 17% target share among running backs, top five among running backs. He's going to be a big part of the offense on all three downs. Daniel Jones is back as well. Yeah, I, I don't see a downside to Saquon Barkley this season. Yeah, he had a, a strange season where he came out of the blocks unbelievably. He had the 164 yards, that massive touchdown in week one against the Titans. Had an awesome first half of the season. Then he really tailed off for about five, six weeks, but I think he was just hurt because he ended the season incredibly well. I think he started in that primetime game against your commanders where he's doing the spin moves and getting the first downs to uh, beat your commanders. Uh, and then from there, he didn't get as much volume towards the end of the season, but he's extremely efficient. He had 4.8 yards per carry or better. 
in his last five, six games. And so I think that we're going to see a more explosive Barkley. Also, I don't think they're going to need to run him 25 times a game. They'll use the passing game more. And that's the beauty of Dayball is that he's not tied to one specific game plan. He will do whatever is most efficient for that game. And Barkley, I think, should benefit in terms of his efficiency. They, by the way, they also got talent this year. I mean, you forget about how threadbare the Giants' offense last year was outside of Saquon Barkley. I mean, like, all due respect to, like, the Richie Jameses of the world, you know, and, you know, but it was just like... Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, the Isaiah Hodgins. I mean, it literally was a, like, wait, who? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they just, they were piecing it together, but now they go out and they get Darren Waller. I like Jalen Hyatt. We talked about him on draft night, Connor. Yeah. I, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, they have some pieces there, you know, and so, um, and, and, you know, and we'll see about Sterling Shepard, but Darius Slayton is back as well. Hodgins is back, Wondell right? Robinson. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right, exactly. I mean, they, Wondell Robinson got hurt, so he's hopefully back healthy. Somebody they spent a second-round pick on a year ago that they had high expectations. So I, I feel like, and by the way, Daniel Jones is back with a big contract, another year in Dayball system. I'm very excited about Saquon Barkley, and I think, I think Waller's going to have a big year, and like, I think that offense is going to be, you know, uh, a pretty good one. Yep. They finally have continuity. I think that's the biggest yes. thing. Year two yes. of Dable, they just gave Andrew Thomas a well-earned massive yes. extension, quietly one of the best left tackles in football. Uh, you think Evan Neal will be better on the right side in year two and all the weapons you talked about. Saquon fully bought in, fully happy, ready to roll for a full camp. Should be a massive year for him, barring health. The only thing there is just you're not sure you're going to get the same year out of Daniel Jones from a production, from avoiding interceptions, also from staying healthy, which has been an issue in the past. I did place a bet on Saquon at 50-1 to 1 to an offensive player of the year. I think it's just too big. I think also there's a, there's a... Just with all the running back stuff, I think if a running back is in the mix, they're going to get such a push because of just the, the desire to reward a running back with all that's going on. I think that's a great bet, especially when you think about, you know, playoff team from last year, yeah. big media market. Yeah. He's a big-name star. He's a really personable guy. I don't know if you've ever Beloved. seen him interviewed. Yeah, yeah. Belo- yeah people really loved... You meet Sa- and I've interviewed him before. You meet Saquon Barkley, you become a Saquon Barkley fan. Like yep. he's that guy. One lingering franchise tag running back situation that there is no resolution in sight right now. Uh, Justina Anderson has reported Josh Jacobs did not report to camp as expected right now. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network said Jacobs was spotted boarding a flight leaving Las Vegas, and that the veteran <laughs> running symbolic. back. It's actually really funny, <laughs> and that really the veteran like running Nick back before him. doesn't yeah. plan to return anytime soon. Here's one for you, like Vinny Chase after uh, oh, Medine bombs. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is Josh Jacobs right yeah. now. Hopefully it works out better. He hasn't Josh. signed the tag. Appears unwilling to play on it. Everybody's looking around right now, guys, and they're like, "Who's the guy?" Right? That maybe in the mold of Le'Veon Bell that's really going to stick his foot in the ground and say, no, I'm not even coming back for week one. Do we think there's any shot Josh Jacobs is going to take that route, or is this the classic, they can't find me, but I didn't sign the, t- the tender for camp. I'll wait it out. I think the chance is slim, but I don't think it's none. I'll just – no, do you guys know Josh Jacobs' story? Do you oh, know, yes. like, right? I mean, Slept like, in so a car. For, yeah. Like, for people that don't know Josh Jacobs' story growing up, like, right, slept in a car, slept in multiple cars. Like, the, 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 the father, they didn't have a ton of money. They would have to go to, like, motel to motel. And, like, and Josh has to- I've interviewed Josh, and he's told me the story about how, like, they would try to find motels that offered a free breakfast because otherwise he wouldn't eat for the day. Like, and they, so they would stay in the hotel. Like, they were bouncing around. Like, he, he used to, when he, he uh, like, one story, like, he would get to Alabama and, like, he wanted to sleep on the floor because he, he didn't know what it, it was too uncomfortable to sleep on a bed. It was too soft. Not used to like, it, I mean, yeah. he is, he's as tough a dude 
as there is, like mentally and physically. And this is somebody that has gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and has earned every ounce of success, like, you know, scratched and clawed his way to, to every ounce of success. It's well-deserved in terms of what he has gotten. And um, if there is a guy with the fortitude and the, hey, this is something bigger, by the way, would not fault, especially given where Josh Jacobs has come from, would not fault Josh Jacobs saying, like, I don't want to miss a dime. Like, like, but I'm just, if you're asking me, is there a, is there a chance this guy says, I'm standing up for running backs, I'm standing up for myself? Yeah, I think there is, because I think he's, I think mentally he's that kind of guy that he just doesn't, doesn't take bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, right. and we're, we're not live, so they'll bleep that. But, I, <laughs> but seriously, yeah. like, that's, that, I mean, he is that guy. He's faced much more difficult situations. Thank you. That's, a, is, that's a much better way to put this it. Is, but yes. This is pretty low on the totem pole for Josh Jacobs' life and adversity. Right, and it's also it's not a team that let's be real. It's not a team that has great Super Bowl aspirations. It's not it's a team that's in a rebuilding mold here. And the other thing is is it's sorta of here I mean, right, Devontae Adams sort of came out and like sort of also said, like, I don't not sure I'm on the same page with what they want to do with Garoppolo and this offense and so you know, it wasn't a great first year for Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas in terms of, you know, wins and losses and so um, you know, it was, it's been a tumultuous kind of couple of years for that franchise. So, you know, there may be more play here than just money, but certainly I think Josh is looking around and saying, hey, they took care of Saquon. What about me? I, I, he was comeback player of the year. He, he won the rushing title. Like, I mean, he was he, their offense last I mean, he year. Was, he was the best running back in football last year. Uh, and I think that kind of goes a little bit under the radar because it happened on a losing team and a little bit of ex- obscurity, I guess. But like he, he won the rushing title. Uh, he had the walk-off incredible touchdown against Seattle, which he did with a strained hamstring or whatever. I don't understand all the injuries that he was dealing with. And also that team, to your point, Matthew, like they're one injury away to a quarterback that gets hurt every single year from all of a sudden like being in the mix for the number one pick. Like there is nothing nothing behind Jimmy at this point. And so, yeah, I think with, with that, with I mean, everything... Except swir- the owner's box. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, with everything swirling around Devontae Adams as well, I mean, that, that team could go south. It really can. And for a guy like Josh Jacobs, he's like, they're going to run me into the ground again because right. he would be the offense. And like to your, highlight your point, Jay, if Jimmy gets hurt and it was Brian Hoyer handing the ball it's 30 Brian times Hoyer, a game, sure. yeah. yeah, that's their backup situation. Right, and so you're like, if you're sitting here going like, and if you're Josh Jacobs and you're, you're the team around Josh Jacobs and you're sitting there looking like, well, look, the market for running backs ain't there. Like, get what you can. Like, again, Ezekiel Elliott still doesn't have a gig. Leonard Fournette still doesn't have a gig. Dalvin Cook still doesn't have a gig. Kareem Hunt still doesn't have a gig. Right? So you're sitting here looking at, like, hey, here's some big stars out there that haven't found a job yet as we sit here on July 31st. And... I'm going to go into free agency with, you know, 600 touches over the last two years or whatever it is. No. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know, I mean, again, he, he's franchise tagged this year, but he has not signed the tag as of yet. Can't find him. Can't find Yeah. He yeah, can miss camp. If you don't sign the tag, you can miss all the camp unfined. You show up ready for week one, and then you're not ramped up, so they can't run you 30 times week one. You haven't had all training camp. I'm sure he's working out, but it's different. 
It is different. different. So there's no motivation to Not show up until week one. Yeah, I do. Oh, believe me. <laughs> believe me. I think, uh, you know, uh, I was going to take a shot at somebody. I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> Good restraint. Uh, yeah, new year, new you. No, <laughs> no shot. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, you know, I'm a Swifty now. I'm filled with love. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, Swifties wow. are all about love and oh, understanding and Wait. inclusiveness and everything like that. You know, we don't judge <laughs> us Swifties. We don't. Uh, oh, we, us, us Swifties. Us, us Swifties. I like it. Us, uh, what's your favorite era? Of music? No, for, of Taylor. <laughs> oh. What's your favorite, like... I don't have one. <laughs> no. Nothing against Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean... Red, Lover, I'm sort of in there. 1989 is pretty good, too. I watched uh, The Bear, and Love Story was in that. Okay. Good scene. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's All what right. I got for you. Yeah. Great show. Uh, good scene. Yeah. You, need to, you need to get up on your Swift. I really uh, got into 1989 for whatever reason. Out of the Woods is my favorite Taylor yeah. Swift song. It's a great outlook. They're, they're all great, by the way. They're all great. Very talented. You know, exactly. Um, different strokes yeah. for different folks. Espe- especially, especially when you, you, you make, make sure you buy Taylor's version of any of this, any of this stuff. Um, so how about Joe Mixon? How about <laughs> Joe Mixon? Good segue. Oh, man. Uh, you haven't missed a beat either. It's no. like the midseason for you. I've, I'm shaking off the rust here. Yeah, exactly. You're shaking it off. Yeah. Nice. Well so done. you like that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I know my um, Yeah, of course. Uh, how about Joe Mixon? So, I mean, that's, by the way, that's another thing, right? Before we move on to Joe Mixon, real quickly, I just want to say, as we're talking about, like, those big name, that's the other piece here, is that, so I, I think if you're the Colts or you're the Raiders or you're some of these other teams, you're looking around saying, like, listen, if I need to, I'll just go sign Zeke. Or Dalvin Cook, or you know, or Kareem Hunt, or Leonard Fournette. Like, you know, there there are big name veterans that have been effective, highly effective at the NFL level. And all those guys had somewhat down years last year. Kareem Hunt had a really down year, but still, I mean, Fournette performed at a high level. So did Cook. So did Zeke. Like, he's not the Zeke of old, but he's still an effective NFL running back at this stage of his career. Yeah, and the other thing is Kyle Shanahan's already got a running back, so he can't he can't get any more. <laughs> so that's no, that and spot I, is taken. And, it, and which listen, would be the spot before moving on Mixon, but like it feels like Dalvin Cook to the Jets. I mean, we're we're taping this on Monday, July thirty first at noon. So as of right now, there is no deal yet between Cook and the Jets, but that's looking Connor like he was out at practice. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a that's a very rare visit. Um, but it's all based on medical, right? He had to come into the physical. If he's medically fine, it feels like it would be a surprise if they don't find common ground. Right. I mean, it seems Rogers like Miami's... Rodgers redid his contract. Rogers, re- they have a boatload of cap space. They want to slowly ramp up Brees Hall. That's the big takeaway, too. They don't want Brees Hall week one, 25 touches. There's no interest in that for the Jets. Right, and I also feel like, again, obviously very different players, but you think about Aaron Rodgers for one second here. Sorry to go veer off here in, in a Dalvin Cook thing, but think about Aaron Rodgers. He's back. He's like, okay, I got I got Nathaniel Hackett, ran his offense in Green Bay. I got Cobb and Lazard. I got my guys from Green Bay. And what did we do in Green Bay? We had Aaron Jones. We had A.J. Dillon. He's like, you know, they, they went more run heavy, more balanced. It wasn't all on 12, now number eight. It wasn't all on Rodgers those last couple years in Green Bay. And so if they're sitting there, if, if Hackett and Rodgers are saying, like, listen, you got Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook behind you. Now you got, you know, you got Lazard, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Cobb, you know, you got your guys. All of a sudden, Tyler Conklin, like whatever, all of a sudden, right, you know, all of a sudden, like, I could see Aaron Rodgers really wanting two backs, and all due respect to Michael Carter, he ain't Dalvin Cook, right? And so, that's a pretty interesting offense all of a sudden. If If you've now suddenly got to deal with either Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall in the backfield, and you've got to deal with Aaron Rodgers and his weapons in the passing game, so it makes sense from a pure NFL standpoint, 
it, when it does happen, assuming it does happen, we'll break down what it means sure. fantasy-wise for both Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, likely on Wednesday show. But um, I think that's interesting. But I do think if you are taking it back now, and, and I think the Patriots, whether it's Zeke or Fournette, both had visits with the Patriots. My sources are telling me that the Patriots do want somebody other than Ramondre. So they're going to sign a veteran. I don't know whether it's one of those guys or somebody else, but they will sign somebody other to uh, complement Ramondre Stevenson in New England. So I think that'll be one of those guys landing there. But I think that what Joe Mixon did is he took a look around and said, I don't want to be a free agent like these guys searching for a job. We've got a chance to do something special here in Cincinnati. So he takes a pay cut. And if you're Josh Jacobs or you're Jonathan Taylor and you're sitting there going like, look, Saquon was was able to eke out a million more, right? Um, Mixon had to take a pay cut, you know? And if you're Jonathan Taylor, Jacobs, you know, ain't getting any love. So, I mean, I, I feel like all, and, and you've got big names that can't find jobs here. It does feel like Joe Mixon sort of looked around and said like, yeah, man, I'm, you know, a little bit less money, but a, a chance to stay in a situation where I will be the bell cow, where we got a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. It makes all the sense in the world. Yep, I think so. And it, it always seemed like it would be uh, the final outcome for Joe Mixon to come back. Uh, and yeah, he, he's just the, he'll be the guy that he was last year. No Samaje Perine there anymore as well for Mixon. Uh, just last thing on the Jets before we move off of that. Is Bam Knight just not in the picture? I think he actually can make the roster over Michael Carter. Okay. I really do. Play special teams. I mean, former All-ACC kick returner. Did return some kicks for the Jets last year and very early in camp. But I think he's had a better camp than Carter from you know people I've spoken to as well. And, and it does seem like, by the way, they just really like him. They do love him. Bigger back. That kind of fits the mold. Carter, you know, you got to realize it's just a, it was a different area. Had an okay rookie season. Not a good year two. He was a, a fourth-round pick, right? Fourth-round pick. So not like a ton of draft no. capital there with no. Michael Carter? It, yep. I, think, I think it would – if they sign Cook, I think it would be Brees and Cook, and then Bam probably makes – and they're going to keep busy at Banacanda from Pitt, their fifth-round pick. He, so they'll probably carry four running backs. It's really down to Bam or Carter, and I would lean Bam right now. Yep. By the way, thank you for saying that other guy's name. Banacanda. Yeah, I'm go- thank you. I, I didn't want to – By October, uh, you'll have mastered yeah, it. Sure, sure yep, I will. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about Joe Mixon, who, by the way, five straight seasons for Joe Mixon of averaging at least 19 touches per game. Last year, career high in targets, receptions, and receiving yards per game. Like, the touchdowns were inconsistent for Joe Mixon, but the fact is, to your point, no Samaj P. Ryan, and I guess we'll see, but, like, you've got um, – uh, Chase Brown. You, you've got Chase Brown and um, uh, I think your boy from Trayvon Tra- 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 Williams, right? Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. So you get Trayvon Williams is there, and like, like I mean, and so maybe they sign a veteran, but it doesn't seem like it. So I, like, I feel like Joe Mixon is going way too late in drafts. Like this is something I tweeted out, xed out. <sighs> something I well, no, I tweeted it's it still out. Tweeted. The, it was Twitter. It was <laughs> Twitter still when I did yeah. it. So yeah, this is something I tweeted out, and I would have threaded out. Uh, I am on threads, by the way. Follow me there. I'm a very exciting follow. Uh, at Matthew Berry TMR on all forms of social media, except the Finest of Life app where I am merely at Matthew Berry. I will say what I tweeted so out bad. at the Wait time, what I tweeted out at the time was that, you know, criminally undervalued in terms of ADP, and it'll go up somewhat, but I don't think enough. He's a guy that's going to get 20 touches a game on one of the best offenses in football. Period. End of story. Like, again, you can say, like, but, like, the Bengals want to go to the Super Bowl. And they ain't going to the Super Bowl with Chase Brown or Chris Evans or Trayvon Williams. All due respect to those guys. 
Like, unless there's an injury. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to be like... Zach Taylor learned his lesson in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, running Samaje Perron. On yeah. third down? Yeah. Down on the line. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that again, Zach. I think there's something just kind of unexciting about Joe Mixon. I think I it's that. because he's the... What is he, like the fourth biggest, third biggest name on the offense? Certainly Burrow and Chase have him lapped, and you could argue T. Higgins sure. does as well. So I think there's just that aspect. Also, last year he had he obviously had that huge five-touchdown game. Uh, and outside of that, probably didn't... I, I get, he was fine, but he didn't blow people away. He just also just doesn't have the star power of these other bigger names like Taylor and Saquon and Henry. So, But when you just look at the production... I mean, it speaks for itself, uh, and that team is obviously going to score. But I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to give you like a stat here. Uh, last year, I think this would surprise you, but last year Joe Mixon had the second most carries of any running back in the NFL yeah. inside an opponent's ten yard line. Yep. So he was second in the NFL in goal to go carries. And I just, again, he didn't convert a lot of them. You know what I mean? Because like maybe he got him on the eight yard line or whatever, and just things happen. But touchdowns are somewhat fluky. He's not allergic to touchdowns. We've seen him score them in years previous. And to your point, like he, that crazy game, it was Carolina, right? Yep. The, the Carolina game where he had the five touchdowns. I think Joe Mixon is a value this year. And, yep. and like, you know, when my love-hate uh, column comes out, good chance Joe Mixon's going to be on there, especially if his ADP doesn't rise. Yeah, and he, like he turned 27 a week ago. Happy but belated birthday, Joe. Uh, yeah. Another end of July. Do you kid, think Joe like Mixon myself? also had to watch children while his uh, significant other went to, uh, went to Beyonce? <laughs> yeah, most likely. I don't know if Joe Mixon is married or not, so <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, but... Yeah. I, yeah, very much in the cards. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But he probably uh, had the same birthday, yeah, yeah. as you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other thing with Mixon is that he does he is durable. Like, he's played 14 games, five of the six, past six years, uh, his six years in the NFL. So, I mean, yeah, it's just not that exciting, but he just produces. Yep. Our last complicated running back situation, and this one literally is complicated, J.K. Dobbins right now. John Harbaugh, his exact words of it is that this situation is complicated, but the team is working through it. Dobbins has been a guy that's been vocal about wanting a payday. He's also been a guy that's been hurt a lot for Baltimore since being drafted by the team. This is one where if he's not practicing, you kind of look at the situation and go, where is this one going to go? Is this unhappiness? Is this injury again? Where, how do you even analyze a, a guy that's as you know, confusing as Dobbins right now? To me, this is an avoid. This is a and, – and it drives me crazy because I have J.K. Dobbins on like two different dynasty teams. Um, but – like, as we talk about leverage, right? I mean, like, here's the thing that I would say. And I would say this to all the young people watching. You got to know, like, listen, you have to know your worth. And all seriousness, you need to know when you can push it and when you can't. Right? I mean, like, and so I'm going to use myself as an example. No, no. Yeah, exactly. No, no way. Yeah, you know, I, know. I know I don't like to do that. But every once in a while, I like to talk about myself. You sure you're okay with this? Yeah, I'm going okay. to. In all seriousness, um, when I was negotiating with ESPN last year, I was very aware that there were other companies that I would like to work for that were interested in my services. And so I was able to play hardball, you know, and somewhat I could say, like, if you would like me to stay, this is what I want. You know what I mean? Because I knew that if we couldn't come to an agreement, and we ultimately didn't, obviously, that I was, that I knew that there were going to be places that you know, once I was a free agent, that I could, I, that I would be happy at. NBC is obviously where I chose, and it's been an awesome, awesome relationship. But if I didn't have any of that, if I didn't have, if I had, you know, sort of, hey, guys, hey, NBC, what are you thinking? And NBC was like, uh, we're, um, 
Uh, let's get back to you. <laughs> um, you know. It, no, but in all seriousness, then you, you kind of go, oh, what do you want me to do? I'll take that ESPN. You bet. Yeah. You, know, you have to understand whether you have any leverage or not, right? And, and like, I'm always a big believer in any contract negotiation. Like, you can't bluff. Like, you, you need to be willing to walk away. Like, the only way it works is if, if you say, give me this or I walk, you need to be willing to walk. And in the case of J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins has no leverage at all. J.K. Dobbins has never played a game in the NFL career where he's gotten more than 17 touches. He is somebody that has, um, has had flashes, but has, you know, for whether it's because Baltimore didn't trust him or because of their system or whatever, but he's never been the guy. There's always been Gus Edwards or somebody else. And I think if you're the Ravens and you're sitting there, listen, man, when you weren't available last year, we pulled Devontae Freeman off of his couch and we were able to get production out of him. We were able to dust off Latavius Murray, you know, and get like, I mean, like they have gotten production from some of their guys, including Gus Edwards. And so you can sit here and say, like, if you're Josh Jacobs, yeah, you have leverage, man. You won the NFL rushing title last year. Saquon Barkley, you're the franchise in the face of the... You're the offense. You're the offense. You have leverage. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think, has not a lot of leverage, but at least a little bit because Jonathan Taylor has a resume that says, hey, listen, when I'm right, I can be a difference maker in this league. J.K. Dobbins doesn't have that yet. He just doesn't have that yet. And now you're also, by the way... I mean, let me put it another way. If you're J.K. Dobbins, like, you're talking with Baltimore. Look what Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson. I mean, they, they, no, seriously. Lamar Jackson is a quarterback, a former MVP winner, right? You know, and like 26 years old. And they still like, were like, yeah, okay. See if you can find a better deal, Lamar. We're okay. We're good. Like they played chicken with Lamar Jackson. And so, you know, I love you, J.K. Dobbins, but like you ain't Lamar Jackson. You ain't close to Lamar Jackson. And, and like, you're like, I, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, like, again, the Melvin... So you, you saw it flash on the screen. We haven't gotten to there yet, right? But they signed Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is fine, by the way. Melvin Gordon can still play. I mean, I thought last year he played at a... When he got on the field, he played at the same sort fumbles. of... It's just the fumbles. Huh? It's just the fumbles. Yeah, I mean, the, right, the fumbles. But he's fine. And when we think about what's going to happen with this Baltimore offense under Todd Monk and their new offense coordinator, they're going to throw. They're going to throw, throw, throw. Look at what the Ravens did this offseason. They ultimately gave a big money deal to Lamar Jackson. They have Bateman. They draft Zay Flowers. They signed Odell Beckham Jr., who you know didn't come there. Beckham had offers. Beckham came there after talking to Lamar, talking to Todd Munkin, talking to, to, to Harbaugh, and you know realized, okay, I'm going to be getting the rock. And they have Mark Andrews as well. Like, so this is the team that's going to be much more pass-heavy than it has been in previous incarnations. And so they have Gus Edwards, they have Melvin Gordon, and so you're like, J.K. Dobbins, like, dude. And so you talk about wanting no piece of um, Jonathan Taylor. I want no piece of J.K. Dobbins until this resolves itself. Yeah. Because I mean, it's still, even, even if he's back in camp, I'm, I think it's going to be a pass-heavy offense. Yeah. Even when he was breaking off his big runs towards the end of last year, he's limping through them. Like, right. he just hasn't had the health at all. And the thing with running backs is... For all the discussion, I think it's unfair because there's this huge gap between, you know, what they're paid relative to other positions and how they are marketed as stars of the NFL. Uh, Because obviously, you know, you think of the Tennessee Titans, you think of Derrick Henry, and then you think of almost no one. There's a gigantic gap until you think of anyone else. But in terms of how running backs, like, affect the spread, 
I mean, when Henry in 2021, when he was on pace to win Offensive Player of the Year, he's on pace to flirt with 2,000 rushing yards again. He breaks his foot against Indianapolis, but no one knew that he'd broken his foot. Then all of a sudden, he got ruled out for the subsequent game against the Rams. The line moved half a point off of Derrick Henry. And I think it was from six and a half to seven, so maybe a full point in, in normal uh, movements when you're not dealing with key numbers. But, I mean, whereas when later that season, Carson Wentz looked like he was going to miss a game and they were going to have to play Sam Ellinger, the Colts, line moved a touchdown from Carson Wentz to Sam Ellinger. So that is the reality of positional value in the NFL, at least according to the betting market. And so when you're dealing with guys like J.K. Dobbins, like running backs, they matter. They absolutely matter, particularly if you can add value as a receiver. Christian McCaffrey, hugely valuable. You know, you have outlier seasons like Jonathan Taylor in 2021, hugely valuable. But guys like J.K. Dobbins, like there's just no leverage at that point. Yeah, no. Austin Eckler, friend of the podcast, Austin Eckler, huge part of the Chargers offense. Like, And that, by the way, speaking of another guy, like that seems to have gotten resolved a little bit, but like... That's another running back that also didn't get paid what he wanted, situation that looked a little bit dicey there. And so, and like, yeah, J.K. Dobbins, like, you know, read the room a little bit. Like, you're not, look, guys that have had much more productive NFL careers than you are struggling. And so, you know, I I don't know. I I just think, I just think it's it's tough to invest in J.K. Dobbins at his current ADP. Yep. This should be the year Dobbins is setting himself up where he can have that kind of leverage, not doing it right now. Because I think the Ravens issue. are going to be good, by the way. Yes. I think the Ravens are going to be good this year. And so, like, I mean, I think Monk, I'm really excited to see what Monken does with this offense. And so, like, if I'm J.K. Dobbins, I want to be part of that. And now he's, he's playing games and, you know, what are you going to do? Surrounded by the greatest to ever play the game, the new-look Jets take flight in Canton against the local favorite Cleveland Browns. The NFL preseason will start where historical careers end. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame game presented by Verizon. Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and Peacock. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matthew Barry, you will be there. I will be there. I will be. Uh, I will be there live and in person. Uh, I'll be. We'll be doing our show uh, Wednesday. I'll be in Canton on Wednesday morning doing our show from there, and uh, Friday morning as well. But yes, I will be on the show 
Thursday night, pregame football night in America, our season debut. Very excited about it. Uh, and the other thing that I will say is um, one of the things I'm going to be doing on that show is announcing my 2023 ride or die. Is it J.K. Dobbins? It is not J.K. Dobbs. I cannot Damn. reveal it here yet, but I can, yes, I can officially reveal <laughs> it's, it's it. It is not J.K. Dobbs. You have landed on someone, though, right? Or is this coming down to the wire? Ooh. Coming down to the wire a little That's bit. I'm, I, think about I, it on the plane? I, we're, yeah, we've got, um, uh, we've got some finalists. Okay. You know, um, Justin and, Fields me, is me the and, favorite in the betting and, market. Me though. and the rider, me and the ride or die team have some. Uh, <laughs> uh, Justin Fields well, is on. Justin Connor Fields is on the yes. list. <laughs> you have an analytics team now. Yeah, I have yes. an analytics team. <laughs> I have a, I have a, yeah, I have a ride or die team. Yeah. We're doing R and D. We're yeah. doing the whole thing. Yeah, market research. A lot, lot, <laughs> lots going in. Um, any suggestions for ride or die? You mentioned Justin Fields. He's on the list. He's on the list. As is Anthony Richardson. Also on the list. But that's that's a risky one. That's it very is high that, that would be your high variance. Yeah. Like, here's the other thing. The other bold. thing about ride or die, though, ride or die is not like a sleeper. Right. Ride or die is somebody that's saying like, I believe in this player so strongly, I'm going to try to draft this player in every single league I am in. I believe in this guy so hard. I'm going to draft him, and I'm going to draft him ahead of ADP so I make sure I get him. Now, sometimes what happens is you're in a league like our show league. And in the very first round, somebody like, oh, I don't know, producer Alexa grabs at the pick before you in the very first round. Hmm. So, like, I didn't have Jalen Hurts in our show league, who was my ride or die last year, because of Alexa, who snaked him from me. So sometimes (laughs) that happens. But when you have the opportunity and you're not snaked by, you know, producer Alexa, then, yeah, that's what you do. So a ride or die is... It's not a sleeper. It's not like necessarily an unknown quantity. It is somebody that you think exceeds expectations, somebody that you believe in so strongly. Last year, my ride or die was Jalen Hurts, who I said on, at, at Football Night in America had the opportunity to finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy. He was going as QB8. He did, in fact, finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy. That was a good one. Was that, yeah. that was a good one. That's in the Hall Austin, of Fame. Austin Eckler was the year before. When I, when I, he was like a second round, he's like a late second round running back. He finishes the, I believe, the number two running back in fantasy that year. You it's, know. A, it's a shame you chickened out last year and didn't go Allen Robinson because that would have been a good one. Yeah, Allen Robinson was on the list at some point <laughs> last yeah. year. I will say. I think um, me and, me and but Connor any, sugge- should, any suggestions? I well, first I think me and Connor should choose ride or dies as we head into the season as well. Sure, uh, sure. Little, ba- little baby ride or dies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's little rider dies. I would say little that my dies. I like that. My two mini rider dies. Rider, rider coma, rider. Yeah, 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 exactly. Rider coma. Rider broken leg. Rider broken leg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's not go further down that rabbit hole but I would say the two guys who immediately come to mind for me are Tony Pollard and Justin Herbert who I think are in that kind of zone of look they're obviously big names um, but they're not being taken as the number one guy at their position or even top three so I would say that those two guys I could see either being the top guy at their position both of those guys are also on the list I like both of those I like both those names the only concern with Pollard is do they sign a veteran? Yes, and I would Do want they to bring write, back yeah. Ezekiel Elliott or somebody else? That's why before Ride or Coma, I'd like some more time to elapse so I can see yeah, if Tony Pollard... Yeah, I was Pollard. trying to think of like... Ride or like, like, you know, maybe not ride or die, but like, you know, yeah, hitchhiker coma. Like, I'm trying to think of like... <laughs> there you go. Right, yes. you know, like, I was trying to think of what's slightly less of a ride, you know. 
Slightly less than a Jaya. die. Yeah. Yeah. I would Hitchhike say. Hitchhike okay. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be Jay and I's. I have one for you, but it okay. has to be a surprise because it's dropping on something bigger this week. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. I would say, knowing you, spending more time with you over the past year, seeing how your sick mind operates, that yeah. Justin Fields is the favorite. I think Justin Fields is very much Justin Fields has been else. bounced around. It's been suggested quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. So there's a, you know, but by the way, there's a, there's a, uh, there's at least one. Uh, actually, two, there's two receivers on the list. I'm okay. Thinking about a, I'm thinking about a receiver, and um, you know, and there's another running back beyond Pollard that's on the list. So, okay. um, you know, possibilities. A lot of possibilities out there. And by the way, I would love anyone uh, tweet at me at Matthew Berry TMR. Sorry, exit me, exit <laughs> me, thread at me at Matthew Berry TMR with uh, or Instagram at me. You know, you can post on Instagram uh, who you think my ride or die should be. Let's get into some injury news. NFL Network's Mike Garofolo reports week one should be realistic for Joe Burrow after he suffered that scary-looking calf strain in camp. That video was um, everybody thinks the worst right away. Fortunately for Burrow, he avoided the worst. Should be ready for week one. It feels like Burrow, though, misses camp every single year at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, and it hasn't mattered, right? Yeah, 4,000 passing yards, 30 touchdowns each of the past two seasons. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the only other two people that can say that. He's my QB for... Um, until we know that there's a, that he would miss time, he's going to stay at QB four. But certainly, very concerning, very very concerning when uh, you know when they were bringing out the cart. A lot of Twitter doctors up and about. Uh, L- literally, came, oh, that's, that's an Achilles. That's doctors. a torn Achilles. Yep. Uh, yep, career's uh, yeah. over. Right Seems away. like he will be fine. Yep. I just, I mean, last year he didn't start off well. Is the one thing because he did miss camp, but he had five picks against Pittsburgh yeah. in week one, and, uh, and the Jets loss, which, which in retrospect doesn't look as bad as it did back then. But in the beginning of the year, right, they lost to the Jets. No, they beat the Jets. They beat the Jets in week three. They lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Cowboys as Cowboys. well. Cowboys. Um, I thought they, oh, did, they, they, did they barely beat the? Oh, the Jets beat. The, uh, there was the Browns game that I was thinking yes. about. Okay, yeah. sorry. Um, but uh, anyways, we see video here. It all runs together for me. Um, but uh, yeah, this is um, yeah. That's him holding his cap. Already wearing the calf sleeve too while this happened. That's the that's the cart. That's everyone else uh, looking on, very concerned. Um, yeah, not I would, good. I would say, uh, and I'm going to say this repeatedly until the season starts. If you bet on the NFL, you need to have a Patrick Mahomes MVP ticket at plus 700 because this is just another reason, this Burrow thing, why it's just a ridiculous price. Plus 700 means that he's like a 12% chance to win MVP. He's going to be the greatest player of all time, Patrick Mahomes. It's ridiculous. He should just be plus 200 every single year, and this is my, that's my ride-or-die bet. Patrick I Mahomes like like plus that. 700. It's just absurd. It's right. Patrick Mahomes. Right. He's going to win every second year for the next decade. Anyway, Patrick. All right, I like that. I like that bet. I like that bet. In some more positive injury news, uh, John Lynch, 49ers GM, said Brock Purdy, who's been dealing with the elbow injury, has been cleared to practice and is ready to go. A lot of people after the signing of Sam Darnold and Trey Lance is still there. We're wondering if Purdy would be ready to start the season, but he's already throwing in camp. Uh, Which is great news. This is great news. I mean, again, uh, when he took over from week 13 on last year, Brock Purdy was the 10th best quarterback in fantasy. I think people don't realize this. You know, he averaged over 17 fantasy points per game. He played at least two touch. He had at least two touchdown passes in every single game he played, where he played the majority of snaps. Um, all six of those games, obviously, he went undefeated. Uh, Jay and I both think that Kyle Shanahan gets screwed out of Coach of the Year because of that. Like, I mean, again, you know, I was like, you know, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni went 0 and 2 with Gardner Minshew. Yeah. You know. Uh, he went six and zero with the last pick in the draft. He's got, I know they've got a lot of good players on that team, but still, yeah. that's insane. Though 
I still, I don't know if it's because I'm Australian or something, but I don't understand how everyone has just moved on from Trey Lance. When This time last year, we were talking about Trey Lance. Is he going to be the next Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes MVP out of nowhere? He's the third pick in the draft. He had all the hype in the world coming into last season. He plays in a monsoon against Chicago in week one. Then he breaks his ankle week two. Hasn't thrown up, and now we're just, we're just, he's just done? Yeah. I don't understand it. Explain here's, the other, here's the other part that I don't understand. No one's talking about Sam Darnold. Wait, like, I mean, again, we joked about, no, hang on, yeah. hang on. We joked about, like, the report, like, oh, you know, he, he, the, he's got the prettiest pass of any 49 quarterback mm. ever. We're like, did, did Steve Young and Joe Montana play yeah. for different quarterbacks? Colin Kaepernick, I mean, like. Kaepernick threw a great ball. Kaepernick yeah, threw yeah. a great ball. Yeah. Anyway, that said, you know, hyperbole aside, the fact of the matter is, is that um, uh, Kyle Shanahan won with Jimmy Garoppolo. He won with Brock Purdy. What makes you think he can't win with Sam Darnold, who also was a top three pick in the NFL and has had some success? He's also had some bad moments. I get that. You know, on some bad Jets teams, and Carolina was a mess as well. But, like, if Sam Darnold gets the job and is good in a Kyle Shanahan offense, would that shock anyone? I don't think there is because, Connor, you're the guy to talk But Like, when Sam Darnold was drafted as high as he was, no one was like, wait, that guy? Everyone no. had him as the number one quarterback. But he was that going year. over Baker that year. That's right. Until two days before the draft. Right. The talent is never the problem with Darnold. I think what's the issue is, is always the mental. And Kyle Shanahan's greatest gift is limiting the mental mistakes of a quarterback. I mean, he did it. Purdy had the same issues at Iowa State. Purdy was a four-year starter at Iowa State, and turnovers and decision making were a massive problem. He plays for the 49ers, and everything is schemed up for him to succeed. There's no reason to think. Darnold can at least be capable in that offense, yeah. I think, is what we're looking for. On that as well, I will say, I, I had a big bet on Kyle Shanahan at 40-1 to 1 to win Coach of the Year. So I was riding or dying, ultimately dying, with the 49ers every single game. I think I watch every single snap of Brock Purdy play. He does not fill you with confidence. when you're pretty wild he ride. Is, like, he yeah. makes some excellent throws, and overall it was great from Brock Purdy. He makes some crazy throws as well in a bad way. So I don't understand how everyone is just he definitely anointed. Got, he definitely got lucky. Yes. A few, like in terms of like you know interceptions that should have been got dropped and everything like that, he definitely got lucky. Now, in fairness to Brock Purdy, he was a rookie yes. and the third string rookie. He probably didn't get a lot of reps, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're a playoff bound team, and now you've got to start every snap." So he's had a whole off season to absorb the playbook, which is complicated. Kyle Shanahan's, I mean, like you know, I remember Matt Ryan talking about like it took him, it took Matt Ryan, who's probably a borderline Hall of Famer, two years to understand Shanahan's playbook. So. I want to give Brock Purdy a little bit of... For sure. Uh, he came in a very difficult situation and was very solid from the get-go. Right. He didn't, you know, again, went undefeated. He didn't lose it for them. I'm just... I saw some tweet from somebody, and I, I forget who it was, so I apologize. Not me, but it's, the tweet was like, listen, you guys aren't prepared for the fact that Sam Darnold's starting a Super Bowl this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, like, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Like, I don't mind a late-round draft. If you're in a two-quarterback league, in a deep two-quarterback league... I don't mind a last-round flyer on Sam Darnold. I think if I had a draft today, I think you're drafting Brock Purdy as the starter for the 49ers. But I agree with you, Jay, that I think your point was, is like, I don't feel like this is written in stone. Like, there's definitely no way that somebody other than Brock Purdy is starting week one for the Niners. Yeah, they're just a weird team. I feel like the Niners might be the most insulated team against injury ever because they've got three quarterbacks in. And it's like, well, if they've got either of those three guys, I'm sure they'll just be fine. <laughs> like, when someone gets hurt, you don't, they don't drop off a cliff exactly. like everyone else. Yep. The, the only, the only pushback I would say there is that 
that offense with Trey Lance is really different than yes. that offense with sure. Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold. Yep. And they've had a – the idea when they drafted Trey Lance was we want to go to a mobile quarterback and, and do a lot more RPOs and everything like that. And then they – because of injuries, whatever, it's just like, all right, we're back to the, you know – Drop back three, passer, five, three, right? yeah. three step, five step, seven step, you know, drop back passer, pocket passer. And that's what Purdy is and that's what Garoppolo was and that's what Darnold is. Darnold's a little bit more mobile, but – like, you know, and so that offense is currently built with, you know, a dropback passer in mind. And candidly, the versatility doesn't come from the quarterback, but from McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Yep. Staying in the division with Seattle, they're already dealing with multiple running back injuries. Pete Carroll had this to say on both Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet not practicing. With Kenneth Walker, he's sidelined with a groin injury. With Charbonnet, he's out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. Jay. They've spent a lot of draft capital in this duo. Kenneth Walker, a second-round pick two years ago. Zach Charbonnet, a second-round pick this year. I mean, this doesn't sound like these guys are going to be back really anytime soon with a full workload. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like they're going to be okay for week one at this point, though it's not exactly clear. The one thing I'll say, if I was to tell anyone who's thought betting on the NFL, the one thing that you need to know is that Pete Carroll lies about injuries. And you just have no idea what is going to happen with the Seattle Seahawks week to week. We've got guys who are a week away and then you don't see them for two months. Right. You've got guys who are supposed to be fine uh, and then they're just not. So I don't know what to read into this because I have no idea whatever is going on in Seattle. Do you ever see the old... You ever? You guys are much younger than me, so maybe you haven't, but do you ever see the old Monty Python movie? I want to say it was Life of Brian, where it's just the, the famous scene where he's like, you know, he cuts up the guy's arm. All right. Fight's over. What? No, it's just a flesh wound. Yeah, yeah, it's you flesh know, wound. like it's just a flesh wound. Your arm's cut up. <laughs> and and like I, I believe that scene was written by Pete Carroll. Yeah. Like in all, in all seriousness, because it, it is. You are absolutely right. Like, you know, somebody could break their leg, and Pete's like, you know, he's going to be limited in practice today. <laughs> But, you know, he should be back out there. Like, he, Pete's the most optimistic of yeah. any head coach ever. And, yes, and will flat out lie about injuries. <laughs> like, just doesn't care. Like, you know. Uh, so, hard to say here. It'll be interesting to see if they sign a veteran or not. Like, because you could certainly – there's certainly a number of them out there. and You could see them doing it. Um, if they don't, and the Charbonnet injury is more serious than it's being let on, Ken Walker is massively undervalued. Because this is going to be a good offense. This is going to be a good offense, and the only reason that Ken Walker's uh, ADP is as low as it is, he's currently my running back uh, 18, is because we expect Zach Charbonnet to get at least sure. 35% of the, of the snaps here. A lot here. of pass game. Right, you know, yeah. if, if not more. You know, right now, as you see the uh, depth chart right now, it's, it's, it's DJ Dallas, who's, you know, much more of a third down back, a right. smaller guy. And Kenny McIntosh. Who was borderline a receiver for Georgia. He's a pass-catching running back only. Right. Rookie, undrafted rookie or late-round rookie. So, other than Walker, if Char- Charbonnet's out for a decent amount of time, they don't have a between-the-tackles guy, really. Not at all. You yeah. know, and that's – and, again, Pete likes to run it. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see them, you know, that'd be a place that Zeke makes a lot of sense. If – Again, if Charbonnet is out for a significant amount of time. Yeah, I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter, X, whatever, about Kenny McIntosh and DJ Dallas. I would not be drafting those guys. These injuries don't seem serious enough. The talent upside doesn't seem significant enough for those two that I think you just got to wait it out. And Ken Walker is the guy who, even though he's hurt at the moment, he seems the most likely to benefit from this situation. He's somebody else that played hurt last year, too, if you remember. Like, you know, and... 
I remember, I think it was a Thursday night game against San Francisco where we're like, ah, you know, he's right. a, he, 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 was, he was hurt and he didn't practice all week and it's a short week turnaround. And still, like against that tough Niners defense, like grinded out, like had a decent game, you know, much better than he had any right to on no practice, less than 100% against the Niners. And he was hurt almost all last summer, yeah. too. So this is just kind of the Kenneth Walker experience right now. Over in Denver, NFL Network's James Palmer reports Javante Williams, who's coming back from significant knee injury, will avoid the active slash pup list to begin training camp. Williams, who tours ACL, has been cleared for contact, but is unsure if he will play at all in the preseason, Barry. Yeah, and just the fact that he's going to avoid the physically unable to perform list doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be playing week one, that he's going to get a full complement of snaps week one, that he's going to be any good week one. Again, we've seen this. We've seen this from Dalvin Cook. We've seen this from Saquon Barkley. We've seen this from running backs that, you know, after a massive injury, don't have that spark immediately. Even if they're out there, it feels like they're running in second gear. They're just not, you know, they're just sort of running a little bit slower. They just don't have that that burst, that explosiveness here. And so I could see uh, Javante Williams being a monster down the stretch, just being a, you know, a fantasy difference maker down the stretch. But I still think, and I see so many people on X uh, sitting here going like, oh, Javante Williams, he's back. And I'm like, I, I'd much rather invest on Samaj P. Ryan at ADP than Javante Williams right now. I, I'm buying the Denver offense. By the way, I do think they bounce back. I'm buying a bounce back from Russ. I'm buying a bounce back from that offense. I think they're going to be good. But, you know, Pirine, who's going like in the 30s, to me represents a much better value than Javante Williams, whose ADP will continue to rise as, you know, positive reports from camp emerge. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Piron right now going as running back 37 after guys like Charbonnet and uh, Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, David Montgomery, these types. I think Piron's got a decent amount of upside, certainly at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have Javante Williams at running back 31. Just to, you know, and I'm not, I'm not moving off that. Like, I think he's a, a number four running back to start the season, and then I think over the second half of the year when he, when he gets back to full health, then he'll be back to the guy everyone remembers from his rookie year. Brees Hall also working his way back from a torn ACL last season. Robert Sala said he looks really good. Sala also said he expects Hall to return in a couple of weeks, as in playing. They've had Hall uh, 
measuring really well in the GPS since spring. So he's been sprinting, but actually playing in a couple of weeks. The Jets are saying that he's going to be ready for week one. But then you have all the interest in Dalvin Cook that kind of signals how much of a workload are they actually going to put on Brees Hall the first month of the season? Yeah, I mean, listen, you're the Jets guy, so you tell me on this how much of this is. But I do think, like, again, I think the interest in Dalvin Cook is also just like, yeah, you're a dynamic player, and we're obviously right. pushing all the chips in for this year. And money. so if we can get, you know, like, all due respect to Michael Carter or Bam Knight, like, you know, if we can add you to the backfield with Brees Hall, even a fully healthy Brees Hall, that's a good thing, right? What's the first half of the season? What's the maximum carries Brees Hall is going to get in a game? Is it like 14? Is he going to top that in the first half of the season? Right, and they like to throw to him so much, and that's going to affect the actual touches workload. I think they care about what Brees Hall looks like end of October to the end of the season, not what Brees Hall looks like in September. And, yes, their schedule is very hard out of the gate. There's no denying that. But if you can bring in a veteran that's handled a large workload like Cook, it allows you to use Brees um, at your own pace to start the season. So they're saying all the right things. Brees is hitting metrics GPS-wise, speed-wise. His game's built on speed that are, are very promising. But the history and science of ACL injuries tells us that you shouldn't expect what we saw peak Brees Hall in September or maybe even the beginning of October this year. And they want to protect the young player from himself. Yeah, no, which, which makes a ton of sense. And so I, I feel better about Brees Hall than I do Javante Williams in terms of uh, in terms of where they are in their rehab, in terms of where their injuries happen. But, um, again, yes, you'd sort of be like, I would not want to go into the season counting, needing to count on Brees Hall as, you know, one of my top two running backs. You're probably going to have to draft him there, which makes me a little bit nervous. That's the tricky part. That's the, that's yeah. the tricky part. But I will say that I think, assuming Dalvin Cook signs, that will depress Brees Hall's ADP to where it should be. Exactly. I'm with you all the way on that. Over with the Chiefs, Andy Reid said Kadarius Tony underwent knee surgery. Chiefs beat writer Pete Sweeney said on the Roto World Football Show that Tony would likely be sidelined for weeks, not days. The Kadarius Tony experience, Jay, rolls on. Yeah, just out on Kadarius Tony completely. I mean, it's just something every second or third week uh, with Tony. It just seems like that is he is a guy, wild. as we look at his injury history, which is uh, just a litany of injuries, mainly to. Well, mainly to every part of his body, really. Shoulder, hamstring, ankle, quad oblique, knee, hamstring, knee. Uh, so I just don't think that he's a guy that you can rely on if you draft him. I think if you're looking at high upside receivers in Kansas City, I'd be much more interested in Sky Moore. I hear you on Sky Moore, and like and we've seen some nice camp moments from Rasheed Rice. Absolutely. Um, Justin, Justin uh, Watson as well. Um, everyone's Richie James is apparently having the greatest camp of his life. Like and it James. is worth noting that last year the Chiefs were second in the NFL in slot targets. But, I mean, honestly, guys, I think it, it's super weird. Like, if Kadarius Tony were healthy, I'd be interested in him. Because I do think he's a special talent. Yes. He needs to stay on the field. But, like, in that offense, like, they would have created some touches for him. But, listen, I think that this upcoming season, I think there's going to be, like, I don't know, Three games where uh, MVS, and we haven't even really seen MVS out there, right? There'll be three games where MVS has a monster game, right? And there's going to be, like, four huge Sky Moore games and, like, one great Richie James game. And, like, it's going to be death by a thousand cuts when you play the Chiefs, but it's really going to be, for us in the world of fantasy football, it's going to be Mahomes, it's going to be Kelsey, it's going to be the two running backs, and that's sort of it. Unless there's going to be significant injuries or we see, like, okay, you know, we feel really good about 
They're playing a team that really gives up a ton of slot and uh, slot receptions, and Richie James has been getting a lot of work, and whatever. Kadarius Tony is out, and, you know, I mean, like, it's hard to really pick any one of these guys. I'm with you. Sky Moore has the most upside. Yeah, just the most interesting. uh, uh, Outside of Kadarius Tony. I've always been, you know, sort of semi-obsessed with Justin Watson, who I feel... He's one of your boys. He's on my dynasty. He's on a dynasty team of mine, um, a crazy deep dynasty league that I have. I feel like every time he gets on the field, he makes a play. He just can't get on the field. I mean, because they have 8 billion guys. How is Um, Brees Hall going before... Travis Etienne and Joe Mixon in drafts. To me, that's ridiculous. Yeah, people are inflated. That's insane. People are morons. His ADP has has been way too high. And I love Brees, but it's just... Yeah, it's that's the crazy. longevity. He's going like the pick. same spot as Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. That's yeah. completely insane. Completely insane. Okay. People anyway, are morons. Sorry. Let's move on. Not you. <laughs> not you watching at home. Nobody watching other this. People, <laughs> other people. The people that don't watch this. They're the morons. You guys. <laughs> Barry, you mentioned the Chiefs running back room. Isaiah Pacheco said he'll absolutely be ready for week one. Mm. This is after sustaining hand and labrum injuries in the AFC Championship game last January. Pacheco has been described by coaches and beat writers as iffy to start the regular season. And the Athletics' Nate Taylor confirms Pacheco is expected to be the starter and handle an increased workload. Yeah, be great. <laughs> and, and then and Jarek McKinnon will be his. But, like, I mean, I think people forget how much, um, uh, you know, Pacheco – during the playoffs, caught the ball more than I think people expected him to. And so I, I have Pacheco at 27, again, just because I think McKinnon's going to be more, you know, more involved. But I like Pacheco. I like that offense. I like, to your point about your favorite bet is Mahomes at plus 700 for MVP. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the odds of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this year again? Yeah, plus 600. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like, that's a pretty good bet. I mean, like, again, I don't know that they're going to. It's It's hard to repeat, but, like, the Chiefs are going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL, and Pacheco and McKinnon are both going to be, you know, pretty good this year. Isaiah Pacheco had 15 carries in the Super Bowl, so that tells you what they think of him. Letting him run 15 times in the Super Bowl when they were pretty much losing the entire game as well. So, yeah, I think he is, he's, he's got a lot of upside. I mean, remember, this is a guy that was, I think he was a seventh-round pick out of Rutgers, right? Yeah, very late. Yeah, I mean, all. very, very, so not a lot of draft capital. They, they already had Clyde edwards Lair. So it took him a while to sort of trust Isaiah Pacheco. But over the final nine games of last year, from week 10 on, Isaiah Pacheco was top five in the NFL in rushing yards. And, oh, by the way, he plays for one of the highest-scoring offenses in the NFL. So I might be too low on – I have Pacheco at 27, and I think I'm too low on him. Yeah, I think people are also – I know McKinnon has great – he had great fantasy stats from last year. He also had eight receiving touchdowns in the last six games of the season. That is completely yeah. unsustainable. Correct. So I think that is maybe suppressing uh, Pacheco's perception a little bit. Yeah, Pacheco yeah. or McKinnon. And this is coming from somebody who has McKinnon in Dynasty and not yep. Pacheco. The show is back, and so is the I Roto- am a dynasty <laughs> champ, though. I am in that league. Oh, well done, I, I did win. I Very did win. good. I just want to bring that up. I, I, did. Okay. I have won two out of the last four Congratulations. Years. And so is the too. Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Speaking of experts, stay connected throughout training camps with updated player rankings, team profiles, and projections that will help you win your fantasy league. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use my code, Barry20, your code, yeah, Barry20, your for 20% <laughs> off at... Check you out. can also you can also use the promo code Connor ten <laughs> if you're like ten percent off your guide. 
But if you would like 20% off of this bad boy, use Barry 20. Yeah. That's because my customers are rich right. winners. Crouch or, a 100. Or J5. Yeah. If you only want 5%. <laughs> if you flip through Crouch this at, like, at the airport or whatever, and you're like, you know, this is so good. I don't want 20% <laughs> That's off. That's the international I only, only want to give 5% yeah. off. Yeah. You can use promo code J5 yeah. or Connor 10. Yeah. But if you want 20% off, use Barry uh, 20. 20. Very heavy. These are the only <laughs> ones that are left, by the way. These, we only have. We'll ship them this to is, you. We'll ship them to you. Um, but <laughs> that, it is chock full copies. of fantasy goodness. And do you see, can we get a, I'm going to camera one here. Can we get a close up here? Camera one. You see what it says here? Matthew Berry's 100 Facts. That's right. Gonna, there'll be a version of 100 Facts on uh, rotorworld.com, on the brand new rotorworld.com. But if you want a sneak peek, if you want the early version, if you want to get in, Right here in the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide, Tony Pollard, Jay's pick for one of the nominees for mm. Ride or Die. He might be Ride or Die. Last year, Jalen Hurts was on the cover. Last year, Jalen Hurts yeah. was my Ride or Die. I don't. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> Haven't decided yet. Still, I uh, gotta gotta find out all the R and D. Gotta do the market research. Gotta gotta hear what the focus groups think. You know, we got a lot. It's a lot. The spreadsheets. Yeah. You got to fill the spreadsheets. You got to talk to everyone. But like, it's Imagine if that team was put to like curing disease or something. It'd be way, unbelievable what they could achieve. But it's also, by the way, like, look, it's like, it, there's, it's color. Look, it's, it's color. It's not this cheap black and white. It's like, it's heavy. There's some heft to it. Like, you know, like, by the way, like, you know what you could do? Here's what you could do with this. Roll it up. <laughs> You're going somewhere <laughs> ah, where you might sit down and read portable. for a while. Yes, portable. Portable goes with you right here. And by the way, of course, when you buy it, when you buy the mag, there's also, uh, I believe there's a code. You, you, you obviously get the access online as well at rotorworld.com. We'll be updated constantly throughout the preseason. So people yep. like a magazine, what do I need a magazine for? Won't it be out of date? Oh, no, no. No, uh, no way, Monfrey. Yeah. Is that a phrase? I don't think so. Montfair. So. Montfair? Yeah. yeah. But it would, no, sir, Montfair? What's the phrase? Oh, boy. No, 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 no. We're going down the French r- rabbit I'm hole. asking. You're an international. Yes, you're <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're yeah, French. I can't help you with you. I don't know. I'll figure that out. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, a lot of hard work went into this by a lot of very smart, talented people. You should buy four copies. One yeah. for yourself and one for three people that are not in your league. Okay. All right. Great sales pitch. Good curveball. You I'm said just you, saying, could, you could roll it up and then you not in your league. Oh yeah. yeah. Like if you going. you know you're you're you if you're going to be sitting down somewhere for a while, this is great. Great to have with you. I can confirm, <laughs> no sir, mon frere is not a saying. Okay. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Google goes absolutely not. Right. Rejection. Before uh, before we close out the show today, here guys, a list of some notable By the way, signings. Look, we uh, we, oh, we made the bold going. choice on the on the Chiefs page. We yes. made the bold oh, choice of oh, using Patrick Mahomes', Mahomes picture, the yeah. greatest potentially yeah. the greatest football player of all time. A little T law, by the way. Oh, another Spe- speaking another of his potential ride pick. or die candidate. Oh. T-Law, T-Law. Were you thinking of Au Contraire Monfrey? What? Uh, no. Au Contraire Monfrey. Au Contraire Monfrey. That's what yeah. I was thinking of because I knew it rhymed. <laughs> yeah, so Thank no, you. As opposed to No Sir. No Sir. It wasn't even no Monfrey initially. No way Monfrey. Because I knew it rhymed. No way Monfrey. Because I knew it rhymed. Au Contraire Monfrey. I knew it rhymed, but I couldn't think of it in the moment. So I was just like, all right. And I'm seeing it in my mind spelled like F-R-E, you know. And I'm like, uh, you flip the accent no the other way. way. No People way, Monfrey. No way, Monfrey. No way, Monfrey. 
Let's not immediately dismiss No Way Monfred. <laughs> I'm going to immediately dismiss no, it. No, I know, guys. I Let's do research it. Let's wa- let's, wor- let's workshop it a little bit. Get the I think No Way Monfred might stick. Yeah, fray isn't yes. a word. Okay. No Way Monfred. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to make it a thing. James Robinson? I'm going to yes. make it a thing. <laughs> James Robinson. Jay Crouch, I'm going to make it a thing. No Way Mark Monfrey. my words. Mark my words. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make no way Monfrey a thing. Uh, Before we get out of here, some notable signings. Uh, notable signings. The Giants in, signed in, in, in James Robinson, formerly of the Patriots. Very short stay with the Patriots. The Ravens signed Melvin Gordon, formerly of the Chiefs, to a one-year contract. Giants signed wide receiver Cole Beasley. Of course, was with the Bills. Uh, the Bills signed Andy Isabella, who was with the Ravens, and Jimmy Graham just appears out of nowhere okay. back with the Saints. Wow, what a list. Right. So I will tell you, the only really, truly interesting one here is Melvin Gordon. Obviously, as we talked about J.K. Dobbins, like, again, we've seen the Ravens, whether it was Devontae Freeman or uh, Latavius Murray or um, there's somebody else that I'm forgetting. Like, I mean, they've they've had a lot of different reclamation projects over the years that they've had success with. That offense is going to be high scoring. I think especially if this J.K. Dobbins situation uh, drags on a little bit, Melvin Gordon becomes a very interesting late-round pick. The other name there that's interesting um, to me, you guys might be a little surprised, is Cole Beasley. Okay. Cole Beasley, no, seriously, Cole Beasley playing the slot where Daniel Jones is comfortable throwing, reunited with Brian Dayball, his coach, his offense coordinator in Buffalo for four years. I know they have eight billion slot receivers in New York. <laughs> that's so I know. Strange. I know they feel a Cadillac Escalade with them. They, they yeah. do, but like, here's a, like, Cole Beasley was retired, like, basically, and then he came back to, came back to the Bills a little bit, but. I had heard a rumor last year that Cole Beasley, that Dayball called Cole Beasley last year and said, and I think this was at the beginning of the year, hey, I'm going to New York, come with me, you're going to catch 100 balls. This is a rumor that I heard, not from Dayball. I heard somebody (laughs) said this to me. And, you know, come to New York, you catch 100 balls with me. You know what I mean? And Cole's like, no, 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 I'm going to wait it out, wait it out, whatever. And then ultimately ended up, you know, signing with the Bills and did whatever and, like, um, like, went with the Bucks for a minute, you know, as well. Yeah, very weird. Um, But anyway, but... The fact of the matter is, is that he's somebody that has had a lot of success with Brian Dayball, and that while, yes, the Giants have 8 billion slot receivers, they don't have a lot that have the track record that Cole Beasley does in the NFL. And so, again, their big offseason signing was Darren Waller. Right? And, you know, I don't know that you, you feel great about Sterling Shepard's health, you know, obviously, who's, he's struggled. So I'm just saying it would not shock me if, we're in the middle of October, and we're talking about Cole Beasley as a reasonably useful PPR wide receiver three or four. That's all I'm saying. Like, we're talking, like, whatever. Like, there's a list of, like, whoever's, right? Who knew Jimmy Graham was still playing? He was. That's one of the biggest years. The biggest thing about that he's is flying planes. those kind of signings, it's mainly it's just serves the purpose of like, oh, he's alive and well. Yes, and, yes. Oh, and he's still doing okay. I literally <laughs> flying planes. I, I, I legitimately thought when I saw the notification, this is a true story. I don't mean to be disrespectful because Jimmy oh. Graham is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But, like, when I saw the notification, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like, it's going to be a one-day contest. <laughs> Everybody, they're going to retire his jersey. He's going to retire as a saint. That's right. That's how it should be. And they're like, wait, oh, no. They, he's they practicing. Play football? Yeah, he's in the red zone package. Hey, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do they understand? Like, they, we have yeah. Juwan Johnson chairs yeah. over here. Like, um, did you think I, in your head, no way, Monfray? No, yeah, I did. <laughs> no way, Monfray. Like, no way, Monfray. <laughs> I will also say this. So the last thing I want to say here is our producer, Damian Dabrowski, my dear friend, Damian Dabrowski, who worked with me at ESPN for so many years, and I'm in many leagues with him, including a dynasty league, is the world's biggest Andy Isabella fan. <laughs> Loves 
his dynasty team was named after Andy Isabella for years, years and years and years. There's no other than Mama Isabella, and it's a close. It's close there. Who loves Andy more, Damien or Mama Isabella? And I'm just telling you right now, that signing was notable to one person and one person only, and his name's Damien Dabrowski. Not even Andy Isabella <laughs> thought he was getting signed, but Damien Dabrowski is very exciting. So other than Damien, literally, it does not matter. All right, that wraps up. Quite the, quite do you disagree? <laughs> Uh, no, not at all. Listen, Dalton Kincaid's playing the slot for the Bills. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And and they've secured there as well. Yeah, they have a quite bit. a few slots. Right. And, and honestly, I think they're going to go. They're going to go. Kincaid's the slot guy, but Dawson Knox is still going to be is going to be the traditional tight end for sure. They're going to play twelve personnel like a lot this year. Yep. And Kincaid's going to basically be a, a a slot receiver, and Dawson Knox is going to be like the tight end that he was last year. And then you've got Diggs and Gabe Davis on the outside. Sorry, right? Andy Isabella, but we just kind of wrote you out of the offense entirely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'll be amazed if he makes. There's no one the arguing team. here. Yes, no, I'll be amazed if he makes the team. We're gonna end the show so I can ask Damien Dabrowski with yeah, Andy well, yeah, Isabella. Yeah, the origin story. The from. origin story of the yeah. UMass great Andy yep. Isabella. That's we'll it for us. Tell you, you will be in Canton when we are back on Wednesday, yes, sir. Thursday night, NBC and Peacock announcing the ride or die on Football Night in America. Andy Isabella. We are and back, baby. It is. Spoiler. Andy Isabella not on the list. Spoiler alert, it's Andy Isabella. No way, Monfrey. <laughs> Peace out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 